in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for each and every testimony given tonight. And Lord, that you are working in our lives, that you are using us here to talk to other people and present the gospel. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And 7, Psalm 107. And uh, just felt like following the theme a little bit of this morning's message. This psalm is uh, 43 verses uh, divided up into five parts. And uh, each part is dealing with giving thanks unto the Lord. Let's just read the first a few verses. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and filleth the hungry with goodness. Now that's the... End of the first section of this psalm. And as I was reading a little bit about it, one of the commentators noted, he said that the structure of this song and the, uh, uh, the way that it is worded and the beauty of it is, is really something that, uh, would compare with all what people call great poetry. Uh, except for poetry in motion that you see on the subways. Anybody remember that awful stuff that they used to put on there? Uh, they'd put it on signs and it was like, I looked at the snow and it was white. And I'm sitting there going, duh. Uh, that is not poetry. I'll tell you what this is, though. And uh, this has an incredible message in each uh, section uh, except for the last, and it, it, it explains uh, something different there. It says, Oh, that men would give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. You know, that stands in opposition to our normal way of handling things. I mean, uh, I think of the story of the ten lepers that Jesus healed and only one came back to give him thanks. And he's a Samaritan. How many remember that story out of Luke 18? And that is not a new problem that we face in mankind. Our, our first response ought to be, to give thanks unto the Lord. But oftentimes, we get ourselves into trouble now, don't we? And we look here and it says that 
this is really the first section here is a summary uh, of the entire psalm. It's giving a little bit of the history of the nation of Israel. That's to whom this psalm was directed. And it says, you've got a history, Israel. In spite of the bad times, in spite of things that happened, God has put you together. You wandered in the wilderness. God brought you into a land that flows with milk and honey. And again, if we would praise the Lord as we ought to, it would solve a lot of problems before they start. As we go through this, we're going to find out that people uh, were oppressed. In the second one, it talks about oppression. and But the reason for that oppression? Uh, look at uh, verse 10. It says, Such as sit in darkness in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now look at verse 16. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. The, the claim here is if we would give thanks to the Lord, if we would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his works to the children of men, maybe we wouldn't have to, as the children of Israel did in the time of Judges, be sold under the hands of oppressors until they got so oppressed that they would decide to pray to the Lord. Uh, this is a cycle that many people repeat in their life is they'll make one bad decision, then they'll make another one, and then they'll make another one, and then they'll make another one until they get themselves in a corner so bad they can't turn anyway. And finally they go, Lord, help me. And what is he there to do? Help us. But if we'd have kept our eyes on His goodness all along, would we have gotten ourselves in that mess in the first place? Look at the next section here in verses 17 through 22. And we're going to have to move rather quickly through this psalm or we're just not going to get through the whole psalm. And I would like for us to look at the entire psalm as, a, as one picture as it was intended. Verse 17, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. And boy, isn't that in a, a statement of truth. I mean, all you got to do is pick up the newspaper and look at all the dumb things people do to themselves. Uh, if you ever want a lesson, and I hope you don't need one, on the dumb things that people can do to hurt themselves, just just read about Hollywood. Uh, read, read about the quote-unquote celebrities. I mean, it just seems that they are bent on self-destruction and hurting themselves, and, and it's tragic. But you know what? It's not only the Hollywood people that do bad stuff. It's people that come to church on Sunday. We, we make foolish decisions. And when we do, guess what? Problems are coming. 
Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. Look at verse 20. Here's the cure. He sent His what? Anybody read that next word there out loud? He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His work works with rejoicing. Now, in order to really understand what is being said in verse 22, you need to understand the pattern of the sacrifices. When you sacrificed a sacrifice of thanksgiving, guess what you had to take care of first? You had to take care of the sin offerings and the trespass offerings and any infractions of God's law. And then you could give peace offerings and thanksgiving offerings. You see, God doesn't intend for us to spend our whole relationship with Him saying, I'm sorry for such and such, please forgive me. He wants us to live for Him. And if we'll take our life's energy and put it into living for God, guess what we're going to find out? We don't have as much time to do dumb things as we did before. Amen? Be too busy serving God to sin. That's, that's what the author is saying here. That we could sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. That we would give testimony to what happens in our life for good. Because we're serving God. You know, that's why I like taking Sunday nights and having testimony time. Because God is doing good things right in our midst. Amen? And we need to be reminded and we need to encourage one another. And that's what it says. Declare His works with rejoicing. You know what? There's enough sorrow that we have to put up with in life. That it wouldn't hurt you to ignore it once in a while and just concentrate on God's goodness and the things that He's done. That, that's what Sunday night's supposed to be about. And you say, but I don't have anything to praise the Lord about this week. Well, how about we start tonight praying? God, give me something to praise the Lord about. I mean, it would be an awful thing if we had to say, now listen, there are so many testimonies on our praise time, you're going to have to just limit it to one or two sentences so everybody could get it in. I mean... Uh, I'd be willing to shorten the preaching time if we had that many testimonies. You know why? Because we, we need to, just as the psalmist said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord. I'm sorry. For His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. By the way, when you had a sacrifice for sin, guess what? 
There was no feast. There was nothing accompanying that sacrifice. But a thanksgiving offering, uh, a, a, just a simple praise offering, you were allowed one day with part of that sacrifice separated to the person who offered it to rejoice with his family and, and, and have a, a dinner there at the temple. But Thanksgiving offerings, you had two days. I mean, this was a holiday. This was time away from everything in life just to be thankful for the Lord. The Lord planned it that way. And He wants us to, to understand because, guess what? There is going to be oppression in this world. I mean, April 15th is coming. Uh, I, I am glad, as an American, that I can speak... Uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, uh, and it's it's not a pleasant thing. I think our taxes are way too high. I think our government wastes way too much money. But I'll tell you what, I'm sure thankful that that's the worst we deal with in America at this time. There are many countries in the world where to gather as we are tonight would be to put your life on the line. There are many countries in this world where you work all day long And you have to go home and beg God for a blessing so that your children will have something to eat. I'll tell you what, we we enjoy the bounty of God's blessing. And so oftentimes, if our coffee gets cold, we are depressed. If, If something small happens to us, hey... We, we need to offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and rejoice. We need to rejoice His works and declare His works with rejoicing. Now, you have to remember, this psalm, we're not sure who actually wrote this psalm. It could have been one of the later ones, but even the latest of the psalms would have still been several centuries before Jesus was born. Now, I want you to read this next section with me very carefully. Verse 23, They that go down into this, down to the sea in ships, they that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunk, a drunken man. And they, I mean, and are at their wits' ends. How many of you have quoted that verse? I'm at my wits' ends. How many of you knew it came from the Bible? Uh, I just love The fact that if you speak English, you're going to quote the King James Bible, whether you want to or not. And uh, that's a whole other sermon. Let's keep moving here. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful and for his wonderful works to the children of men 
Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Now, this is such an excellent description of sailing the oceans wide. And yet, this was hundreds, possibly as much as a thousand years before Christ was born. How did Solomon, or I mean, I'm sorry, not Solomon, how did the writer of this psalm, we don't know who he was, how do we know that he knew all this stuff? Where in the world did he get the idea? Let me tell you something. People were sailing in ships long before uh, the United States Navy or whatever your reference, the British Navy, whatever your reference point wants to be, long before Columbus came along. He was not the first one. He did not discover that the earth wasn't flat. Uh, everybody knew that in Columbus' day. They just had no idea what laid between the continents. But I have a pretty good idea that some people in the day of the psalmist did. And they described sailing in those waves. I remember uh, seeing a, a little video clip once about one of our aircraft carriers doing... Um, uh, pitching deck landings, rough sea landings. The deck was moving 15 feet each side of the vertical line of the waters. How many of you have had a rough landing at an airport? That's on solid ground. Imagine if the runway were moving 30 feet vertically while you're trying to land. I mean, that, that's just a terrifying thought to me. That's one of the reasons we need to pray for our people in the military. You know, there are people killed every year just practicing, just learning how to do things. And uh, yet these men went out in these, and, and these seas. And let me just tell, ask you, how many of you have been overwhelmed by the circumstances of life from time to time? Have come to your wit's end? Have come to the point to where you say, I can't do anything about it. All is lost. Well, wait a minute. Pray. You know, God is a little bigger than the waves of the sea. And by the way, they get pretty big sometimes. God is bigger than your understanding. And what he tells this, he says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Uh, sorry. Would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 32. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people. You know, it used to be as a nation we would praise the Lord and talk about the God of heaven. Even our presidents who not necessarily were born-again Bible-believing Christians in and of themselves. Uh, if you have read anything of Abraham Lincoln, uh, he most certainly believed in a God. It's not much evidence that he believed in this one. But yet, 
Several times during his presidency, he called the nation to seek God. Even Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, certainly no friend of righteousness, one of the most wicked men to ever live in the White House, and that's an unqualified true statement, called this nation during the dark days of World War II, says, you better seek the God of the Bible. You better pray, because if you don't, we're going to lose this war and we'll lose everything. And he was exactly right. You know, it it is time that we exalt Him in the congregation. Don't be afraid to give thanks to God. I, I don't pray to the Great Spirit because that's not the God of the Bible. I, I don't pray to any God but the God of the Bible. And if I'm praying in public, if somebody asks me sometimes or even at funerals, I'll, I'll usually talk about the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of uh, of of our uh, of the Word of God, because I want people to understand that I'm not talking about just any God. I'm talking about this one. Amen. Amen. And it says to exalt Him in the congregation, in the nation, in the leader, in in the thing. And then it goes on in that second half, and it says, praise Him in the assembly of the elders. Now the elders were the leaders. They were the people that were in charge. You know, it, it's, it's needful for us, if you're ever given that opportunity, to explain to those in positions of authority that, hey, our God is doing wonderful things right now in my life. I don't know about yours, but He's certainly doing some things in my life. But you'd better back that up. Uh, you need to live a life that follows that and backs that up. Amen? Uh, I, I've heard so many people, uh, I, I call it sad sack. Uh, well, you know, it's just not the way I'd hoped it would be. You know, I don't have what I need and what I would like to have, but God's good anyway. That is so much garbage, my friend. Don't do that. Our God deserves a little better than that. If he's disappointed you somehow, get your appointer fixed. That's where the problem is. That's what the psalmist is saying. Oh, the men would praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, we, we need to exalt him in the congregation. We need to exalt him among the leaders, among the gathering of the elders. Now we come to this last section here, and it's a rather long section as we finish uh, this psalm. And let's just read the whole thing. We're going to start in verse 33. He turneth rivers into a wilderness, and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water, and the dry ground into water springs, and there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation, and sow the fields, and plant the vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Again they are... 
diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice in the iniquity and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise will observe these things. Even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Don't you love the Psalms? God says, listen, you think you're doing well and you've got everything just the way you want? I'm able to turn it upside down. I'll dry up the rivers, pollute the springs, and destroy the fruitfulness of the ground. Because if you're going to trust in you and not in me, i got something to say about that. You know, it's amazing. Uh, the communists took over arguably one of the most fruitful areas of the entire world. Uh, it's called Ukraine, by the way. Uh, uh, before the communists, it was known as the breadbasket of Europe. Uh, it, was, it was the place where food was raised. And the communists took it all over and... Tens of thousands of people starved to death. A lot of that was on purpose, by the way. Uh, the communists felt like they needed to own the land. And here's the catch-22 of those who think they need to be in charge of everything. When they finally get there, they'll find out there's nothing left. And, and that is the way oppression always works. And God turns them upside down. Yet, if we'll call unto Him, you know what? He's into exalting the poor. You know what, that, that's not talking about those who are poor because they disobey God. It's talking about those who are humble, those who have not the things that they do, but they, that they need, but they seek God and God will bless them. Yet, even those people that God blesses when they turn from following Him, He's going to punish them. That's just what the psalm says. You see, we got a problem. We don't understand that God is good. We don't really understand that God is love. We, we need. It says, whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You know what that's saying? When we don't understand the loving kindness of the Lord, we're going to find ourselves in some of the negative things of this passage. But if we will let God teach us, He will keep us. That doesn't mean the Christian's never going to suffer any wrong problems. The Bible tells us that's going to happen. And the innocent are the ones who suffer, but it's far better to suffer for righteousness' sake than it is for our own sin's sake. Amen? And the key to that and this is where we need to go. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. That we would turn to Him first for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. You see, 
If you want to do something to stop the work of iniquity in this world, praise God for His goodness and let people know and show the world His goodness in our lives. Have something to shut them up. Have a testimony that God is good. And God will use you to slow down the progress. I mean, in our world, it looks like the sinners always win, doesn't it? He who cheats best wins, right? Well, until the IRS or whoever it is, I think it was the IRS that helped take down Shelley Silver uh, because he didn't report all those taxes and stuff. Arguably the most powerful man in New York State for over 20 years. He's there longer than any of the governors, had more say over what went on where than any single man in New York history for a long period of time. Where is he now? In jail. Well, he may be out on bond, but let me let me tell you something. Let us praise the Lord for his goodness, for his marvelous works to the children of men. You know what? He's able to humble the proud, and he will. But He's also able to do great things in our lives personally. And don't only praise the Lord. You know, sometimes, well, the Bible says be thankful in all things, and I'm really miserable right now, but I'm going to be thankful anyway. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about getting our attitude so straightened out that even when we want to mourn and feel miserable about things, that we can look past what we are feeling and what we are experiencing to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God is still good and His works are still marvelous and that it is far better to trust in Him. As Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. You know what? That takes some work. That doesn't happen naturally. It's got to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that meant would praise the Lord for His goodness. And all God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You and we ask that You would allow the words of this psalm to ring in our heart through this coming week. And Lord, we know that any time that we step out, and, uh, and Lord, I know if preach a sermon like this, the devil is going to be there to try to attack us and make us miserable and take our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask that You would help us to get our disappointment fixed, to get our attitude changed, to change our level of understanding, that You would use us to be a testimony to Your goodness and Your marvelous works. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, I want to give you just a moment to pray, and then we'll get into our prayer time.